All right, so we've got President Trump fighting to give the American people more money in their pockets, and yet the media, that's supposed to be something the media supports, and yet the media is attacking Trump as being cruel, as we're going to explain, and yet President Trump's actually being supported by Nancy Pelosi and Ocasio-Cortez, and still the media bashes him. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. And uh, the, the, the media is ignoring the fact that Trump is now fighting in favor of Pelosi's bill, whether you agree or disagree with President Trump on this. And I think he's right, as I'm going to explain. The media certainly should manage to be supporting him, but they never will. We have so much to get to. An Al-Qaeda terrorist has been released from a U.S. prison due to COVID. Al-Qaeda terrorist, we'll get to that. Uh, he's walking the streets. Joe Biden has pledged to make college free for most Americans. Yes, free college tuition, as everyone keeps reminding us that Joe Biden is really a moderate and look at all these appointments that he's putting in his government. They're moderates. You have it's all scripted. It's all scripted by the Democrats. You have Ocasio attacking Biden for appointing all these moderates, and she's saying he's not leftist socialist enough. That's going to give Joe Biden a pretense to implement radical left policies and just and blame. Well, it's you know Ocasio Cortez and Sanders. I need to I need to pander to them. So it's all very well scripted by the Democrats. But meanwhile, let's get back to President Trump. An ingenious strategy here. Trump has the Democrats on his side, and he and you know why President Trump is right? Because why are we sending billions of dollars to Egypt and Pakistan, and yet we cannot give Americans a two thousand dollar stimulus check? I mean, and, and, and yet they're attacking Trump. It's like, stop, don't, before you give me the bill, you want to give a $600 check to every American, fine. But don't spend a bill, don't send billions and billions of dollars, hundreds of billions in wasteful spending, as we'll get to, and billions of dollars to foreign countries, to Egypt and Pakistan. But, but Nancy Pelosi caves in and says, you know what, I wanted to give a $2,000 stimulus check, but instead I'm going to give a $600 stimulus check to every American. What is that all about? So Trump is saying, no, I'm going to force Pelosi, I'm going to expose her and show that I'm the one who cares about Americans. Pelosi is the one who cares about Egypt and Pakistan. And look, it's not the same bill if you want to get technical. There's a bunch of different bills that were all passed as part of one package, but that's just a technicality. It's all the same bill. They're spending, you know, they, they, they voted for these trillions of dollars in spending, including the stimulus package. And do you think, do you honestly think so? What happened was now the Democrats tried to pass the $2,000, which is what Trump told them to do, and the Republicans in Congress shot it down. Do you really think that the Republicans, look, I despise spending. I can't stand all the spending. But they're giving a stimulus check. You really think the Republicans sat there and analyzed the data and said, all right, listen, we spoke to the economists. We can afford, we're $26 trillion in debt and counting. There's a $3 trillion deficit. We can afford to give every American a $600 ch stimulus check. That we can manage. That's not going to tank the economy, which is already tanking. But we can, it's $2,000, that's it. That's our breaking point. Where it's never, it's $601, not going to work. $600, that's where it all, it's all just made up. They make it up. It's random. They don't have any kind of data. They don't have any kind of numbers that this is based on. It's like they think that they can get away with 600. They get away with 600. I mean, you want to say, listen, we're not going to spend because we're trillions of dollars in debt. No stimulus, then fine. But we're, we're, we're spending hundreds of billions in literally wasted money down the drain. And that's okay, but you can't actually put money in the pockets of the American people. And Trump calling out Pelosi's hypocrisy. And meanwhile, why is the media blasting Trump? Because the unemployment benefits have expired. This is, what, this is the headline all over the place here that I'm seeing and hearing. All, all day today, millions have lost jobless benefits after Trump refuses to sign stimulus package. That's one headline. They're all very similar. 
uh, all the whole spectrum of the, of, of, of the media, including some right-wing publications. In fact, this is Washington Examiner. Millions lose jobless benefits because Trump refuses to sign a stimulus package. In other words, the unemployment benefits have officially expired. That's why this bill was passed this past week, because that's the one thing that gets Congress to ever vote is when there's a bill that's about to expire, when they have a deadline they're up against. So the bill expired. Why? Because President Trump didn't sign it. Now, I don't believe Trump vetoed it. One question I have about all this is they're acting like Trump here is to blame. It seems to me that, you know, I believe after 10 days, if Trump does not veto it, then it gets put into law anyway. But the problem is the stuff expired already. These jobless benefits expired last night, and it's going to take a few more days because Congress is going to get their act together to pass this bill sooner. But I don't believe that President Trump has vetoed it yet. So if he doesn't veto it, it passes anyway. And I, I, I would think that that's actually what's going to end up happening is that Congress remains deadlocked. Trump says, I want 2000 but he may not veto it. He'll just kind of let it pass, but he also won't put his signature on it. I don't know. If he does veto it, then they're going to have to figure out a way to pass the $2,000. So we'll see. But here's some more of this media, you know, the me these media stories here. Um, though Congress came to an agreement on a second coronavirus package, President Trump refused to sign it, leaving millions without jobless benefits. With the bill unsigned, the special unemployment benefits for an estimated 14 million people expired. The stimulus bill would renew those benefits. Earlier this week, the president expressed his displeasure with the bill, claiming $600 one-time check is not enough and signature and uh, citizens should receive checks of $2,000. He also told Congress to get rid of wasteful, wasteful spending in the $2.4 trillion package, which was nearly 6,000 pages long. So think about what Trump is saying. The Democrats were the ones who, who, who were fighting for $2,000 in the first place, Pelosi, but then she caved in. And Trump is saying, what are you doing caving into that when we're spending so many trillions of dollars? And meanwhile, then Pelosi responded and she actually tried to pass on Thursday. She tried to pass the $2,000, modify the bill, listen, obey Trump's instructions. And yet House Republicans actually shot her down. So listen to what Pelosi, Pelosi and Trump are on the same team here. Listen to what Pelosi said. She said, today, House Republicans cruelly deprived the American people of the $2,000 that the president agreed to support. Uh, the president should, should call on House Republicans to end their obstruction. On Monday, I'll bring the House back to session. We will hold a recorded vote on our standalone bill to increase economic. So Pelosi is blasting the Republicans as being cruel, depriving the American people of $2,000. One second. She was the cruel one because it's her bill that passed. She passed the bill for $600. Trump sends it back. Pelosi tries to pass it for $2,000. The Republicans obstruct. And then Pelosi says, these cruel Republicans are depriving the American. You're the one who passed the original bill. The Republicans are upholding. Pelosi's own bill, and yet somehow she's twisting it around to attack the Republicans, and yet she is on Trump's side. Trump is sitting there laughing. I mean, he's, he, he's, he has outsmarted every single person in Washington, D.C. with this move. It is, it is just unfathomable what President Trump has pulled off over here. We'll see how it all ends. And meanwhile, Joe Biden has actually blasted Trump. Yes, Joe Biden is fighting for the American people to be deprived. Joe Biden is one of the people cruelly depriving the... Do you see what's going on here? Pelosi blasting the Republicans for, for, for only allowing $600 checks, not $2,000. She's saying they're cruel, they're depriving. You have Biden, uh, who's calling on Trump, blasting Trump, saying Trump better pass this bill, as is. So isn't Joe Biden cruelly depriving the American people? No, Pelosi's never going to say that. Here's what Biden said. He said, quote, Millions of families don't know if they'll be able to make ends meet because of President Trump's refusal to sign an economic relief bill uh, approved by Congress with an overwhelming bipartisan majority. He accused Trump of abdication of responsibility 
that has devastating consequences. So you see how, what Trump is doing over here? He's got Biden attacking Trump, and yet Trump and Pelosi are on the same side. He's got Pelosi attacking the Republicans, yet Biden and the Republicans are on the same side. What is going on here? And Trump is running circles around these people. Media. Meanwhile, the media keeps screaming about these unemployment benefits. The unemployment benefits, that's not Trump's problem, Trump's fault. It's because Congress is so... They should have, they should have renewed these unemployment benefits months ago. Months ago, they should have done it. It should have been a standalone bill, not something tied to a $2.4 trillion spending package. But so what happened is, like always, Congress is so dysfunctional, they cannot manage to get anything done until the last minute. So, of course, it expired. Then it expires, and they pass something which is very, very unfair and unreasonable and basically force everybody to have to sign it. And they have no choice because otherwise the government's going to shut down. These benefits will expire. It's always the trick. It's manipulation tactics. And so Trump is the one who's attacked. He's the one allowing it to expire. He's not the one allowing the unemployment benefits to expire. It's Congress for sitting on this thing for months and months and being totally dysfunctional. Meanwhile, there's some confusion about the spending bill without getting into too much detail because, it, honestly, it's just like technicalities and details, and it doesn't change very much. But, um, you know, the fact checkers, they, like, get involved and, you know, start pointing fingers and nitpicking. So let me just explain it's all one spent, you know, there's this claim that the COVID relief bill contained billions and billions of dollars in, in spending that not related to COVID. And that's not technically true. It's eight different bills. Now, this is absurd that Congress works this way. But what happens is when a government shutdown is looming, they, they stick every, they jam everything they can into one package. So it's an up or down vote. So that's how they get all the stuff they want to get passed, passed, because they can't get it passed, uh, you know, piecemeal, because the, the, you know, the, it'll never pass a majority that way because everybody has their own agenda. So they just say, all right, well, listen, it's all or nothing. So there's eight different bills. So it, it is a fact that included in this package is all sorts of billions, trillions probably in wasteful spending. That is a fact, but it's not technically, it was eight different bills. So it's not technically the same bill. So you have a COVID relief bill. The COVID relief bill did not include billions to Egypt and Pakistan, et cetera, or 26 million dollars to the Kennedy Space Center, any of that stuff. But at the same time, uh, it, it was all, like I said, it's all one spending package. So it is still technically true that this vote enabled all sorts of wasteful spending. You want to get technical, well, it's not in the COVID relief. That's a separate part of the bill. It's called an omnibus package. So the omnibus package includes all, all of these eight different bills. So I don't care. Why does it matter? The fact checkers, Republicans, conservatives claim that the stimulus bill includes uh, Egypt and Pakistan funding, Space Center. What does that have to do with the COVID relief bill? By the way, Pelosi did try to include some of those things in an earlier version of the COVID relief bill. Remember that. But this one, technically, it's not there. It's not part of the COVID. It's a different bill. They're just all passing simultaneously as part of one package. Well, if they're all part of the same package, what does it really matter? It doesn't. But anyway, uh, uh, this bill, the package, would have, the, non the, not the COVID bill per se, but the package included of um, funding to Egypt, Sudan, Ukraine. Egypt is going to get $1.3 billion. Funding to the Palestinians, as we told you. Funding to the Kennedy Space Center. I mean, it's just totally outrageous. We're giving billions to Egypt, Pakistan, etc. Money to the to the Kennedy Space Center. and But, all right, sorry, American people. You only get $600 checks uh, and not the $2,000 checks or so, or $1,000 or, or $700 or some, somewhere more. Give the American people everything you've got. Send money to Egypt next year. All right, meanwhile, Joe Biden has pledged free college tuition for most Americans. Listen to this. Essentially, if Joe Biden gets his way, public school, rather than going until 12th grade, public school will essentially go through college, through like 16th grade. It's beyond obscene. This is in a tweet this past Wednesday. Joe Biden pledged 
Number one, to make community colleges totally free, just completely free, no tuition for community colleges. And all public colleges, Biden will pledge he will make, and hopefully he can't pass this, but I'm nervous, he will make it free for fans. They'll make it part of some some omnibus package with a government shutdown looming so that they'll force people to vote for it. That's, that's my fear. But public colleges will be free, free, tuition-free for all families earning less than $125,000 a year. $125,000 a year, that's significant money. So you're talking about... Most families in the United States will get free college tuition. How much money is this going to cost us? How many trillions of dollars in debt is this going to create? And so here's what Biden wrote. He wrote on Twitter that a high school diploma is no longer. Well, how come when when Trump puts out a tweet like this, Trump is legislating on Twitter. He's setting American policy on Twitter and he gets blasted for it. And here Biden, he, he's a hero. But anyway, he says a high school diploma is no longer enough. For the occupational demands to get a job, a high school diploma is not enough. Yeah, because the Democrats created that bogus system. That's what they've done. The colleges and the Democrats are in cahoots. They've colluded to create a system where you need a diploma, even though inherently you should not need a diploma because the diploma does not prepare most of these people for the job that they're going to have. So the whole system is just fake, but it's just it's done so that they can brainwash these college students to be Democrats. It's unbelievable when you look at the whole system, the way they created it here. So Biden in this tweet says, quote, under the Biden-Harris plan, they should call it the Harris-Biden plan, but under the Biden-Harris plan, community college will be free. Public colleges and universities will be tuition-free for families earning less than $125,000 a year. So they create this fake, phony system. See, college, 90% of what these kids study in college does not help prepare them at all for the real world, for the job they're going to have. The whole college system, it's just you have the degree so that you can show that you have the degree. It's an empty, fake system and does very little to prepare you for the job. And you know what? A six-month apprenticeship about the job you're going to have could do so much more to actually give you the preparation, the the practical, the -the on-the-ground preparation you're going to need for the job. But they want more money, more control, and they want to, as I said, brainwash and indoctrinate these kids to their liberal agenda. So they have hijacked the whole college system. And by the way, even before this, with the tuition offer of the tuition being free, this pledge, I mean, student loan debt, student loan debt, the government is already funding the colleges. They, they, they put, give out these massive, massive student loans that many of them cannot be paid back or take years and years to be paid back, low interest. So we're, taxpayers are losing who knows how much money on those on the student loans. And the colleges keep inflating the tuition because they know the government's just going to keep lending more and more money. I mean, this is it's it's it, it is just completely reprehensible the whole student loan system. So according to a new report, student loan debt is now 1.7 trillion dollars. Student loan debt has exceeded credit card debt in the United States. What does that tell you? It has doubled in the last 10 years. So student loan debt now totals in the U.S. 1.7 trillion dollars. The delinquency rate on student loans is 6.5 percent, which is high. That is a high delinquency rate. Because of these people, there really are no consequences for any of these people if they don't pay back their student loans. And by the way, the country is already losing billions of dollars, even on the loans that do get paid back and are not delinquent, because people get to defer them for years and years. They make these very low, tiny, minuscule monthly payments. So we're actually losing money. The American people are losing money on student loans, best case scenario. And then you put in the delinquency, and now they're promising, and all the forgiveness, they're promising This is a Bernie Sanders policy, but now, of course, Biden has adopted it, or he will adopt it, it looks like, where they're going to forgive a lot of student loans. And and essentially, they're bribing people to vote for them, by the way. Um, All right, so there's been a resurgence of fighting on the Gaza border and in Gaza. And Gaza, of course, it, 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 it was prompted by Gaza and by Hamas, the terrorists. 
the militants, as the, as the media likes to call them. So Hamas terrorists fired rockets into Israel, attacked Israel. That has not happened in a while, but it seems now there's a resurgence. Israel has retaliated, and Hamas is accusing Israel, this is the propaganda, and the media loves this, Hamas is accusing Israel of striking a children's hospital. It did not happen. It's a lie. And, and we know the Hamas tactic already for a very long time, but the media loves to run with these stories where uh, Israel, they tried to strike, that, well, who knows what, what the media says about their, what their attempt was, but they actually have struck a children's hospital. The Israelis struck a children's hospital. That's, what, that, that's the lie, the vicious lie that Hamas uh, you know, gives the media for the media then to act as a propaganda arm of, of Hamas. So what happens is Gaza, as we know, Hamas, they place their weapons facilities near hospitals. This is an old story and near civilian areas. That way they fire rockets from those facilities and then the Israelis fire back. They hope the, Isra the Israelis do these surgical strikes and the Israelis don't miss. They don't even hit the hospital by mistake, but that's what Hamas wants. But then there's secondary explosions sometimes, which uh, do, do strike, minimally do strike these uh these, these hospitals are these civilian areas, and then the, the, the then Gaza and Hamas and the Palestinian terrorists can use this, uh, you know, as propaganda against Israel. And of course, the mainstream media is more than happy to run with the story. So here's what happened. And 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 by the way, sometimes because they have these rocket launchers in these civilian areas and near these children's schools and hospitals, sometimes they'll actually malfunction and they'll blow up. By, by mistake, you know, they'll try to fire a rocket, it misfires, or it, there's a malfunction, there's a glitch, and it blows up right then and there, and then, the, and then, so the Hamas, the Palestinian terrorists are, they're the ones with blood on their hands, they're the ones who place these kids in harm's way and kill them, and then they blame the Israelis for that too. Remember that New York Times report a few years ago? Anyway, so the IDF said that in response, in retaliation for these rocket launches, they struck three Hamas targets, including a rocket manufacturing site, and a military post. That's after two rockets were fired out of Gaza this past weekend. According to the Ynet News website, quoting Palestinian sources, they say the rocket factory that was targeted by the Israelis was a major facility for the Hamas terror group because they used it to improve the capabilities of their weapons. So that's a big strike there by Israel. And meanwhile, the head of Hamas said the strike on that site damaged a nearby children's hospital. Uh, and medical sources in Gaza said the strikes lightly wounded two civilians, including a child. The Israeli army said <clears throat> never happened, and they never struck the hospital, which I completely 100% believe. They say it was caused by secondary explosions, and uh, the secondary explosions took place because, as I said, these military terrorist facilities and weapons facilities are located right next to this children's hospital. So who do you blame for that? And, of course, the media is going to ignore the real culprit in this story over here. All right, horrific story out of Pakistan. One of the murderers of journalist Daniel Pearl uh, has been released from prison in Pakistan. I mean, this is just horrific. The courts in Pakistan, as we know, are so corrupt. This is Ahmed Omar Saeed Sheikh. We've told you about this story before. He was acquitted. After being sentenced to death, he was acquitted. But they still kept him in jail as appeals were ongoing. But now they have released him from jail. This man is a vicious, vicious monster, this evil terrorist who was involved in the murder of journalist Daniel Pearl back in, I believe, 2003. This uh, Ahmed Sheikh was sentenced to death. Three others were sentenced to life in prison. They were all involved in the plot to kidnap and eventually murder, torture and murder Daniel Pearl because he was Jewish. No other reason. He was investigating Al-Qaeda for the Wall Street Journal. Remember, this was after 9-11 and this was after the um, thwarting of the plot by Richard Reed, the shoe bomber. Remember him. So 
Daniel Pearl was in Pakistan investigating the link between Al-Qaeda and Richard Reid. This is post 9-11, so remember, you know, everything that was going on at that time. And it just, it was it was weeks of really, it's just this horrific, horrific, um, I, you know, traumatic scenario where he was kidnapped and it was known that he was kidnapped and then they put out this video and it, it you know it was just it was just horrific on every level and these were evil terrorists in april he was acquitted in april this man sheik and three others were acquitted by a by a corrupt court and uh, the acquittal is being appealed by the pakistani government and daniel pearl's family and um, the government opposed the release of this sheik saying that it would endanger the public, but um, he has been released now, and the Pakistani Supreme Court will resume with a hearing on January 5th, so the, the appeal is ongoing. Sheikh helped to lure Pearl, Daniel Pearl, to a meeting in the southern Pakistani city of Karachi. He was kidnapped there, held captive, tortured, and killed by these evil, horrific monsters, these terrorists, uh, these Al-Qaeda terrorists. So we'll, we will keep an eye on that story, but obviously very, very devastating story there. A judge has delayed the sentencing for Kevin Kleinsmith until January 29th, which is after Joe Biden takes office. So you wonder what this is all about. I, I believe it may have to do with the fact Carter Page wants to put out a statement of how he was victimized by Clevin, Kevin Kleinsmith. So who knows? But um, it, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. The, the, the worst case scenario, or I should say best case scenario for us, Kevin Kleinsmith's getting a slap on the wrist. He may not even get that. It, 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 this is just so it's so frustrating. You see all these Trump associates where Bob Mueller basically invented these crimes against them. And uh, they were sentenced to these long, long prison sentences unless A.G. Barr got involved. And then he was attacked for that. And yet uh, the one person, the one person who actually gets indicted <clears throat> and convicted or pled guilty in the John Durham probe, uh, you know, uh, against the uh, Russia collusion investigation. And he's going to get. He may, he may get away without any jail time. I mean, how, you know, how frustrating and depressing is disturbing is this? So Kevin Kleinsmith, of course, is the lawyer who um, he doctored an email. He literally fake, he edited, faked an email. The email said that Carter Page was actually a CIA operative, which, of course, that would have taken away any need to spy on him. The, it, the whole need to spy on him was manufactured anyway by the Steele dossier. But the pretense to spy on, to wiretap Carter Page, a Trump campaign person, uh, you know, Trump campaign team member was because he made all these suspicious trips to Russia. Well, it turns out he was doing it for the CIA. But Kevin Kleinsmith, he didn't want the, the FISA court to know that, of course. So he doctored the email and made the email say that Kleinsmith is not a CIA operative. I mean, it's unbelievable. And listen to this. So you have John Durham requesting a six-month sentence, a six-month sentence, Kevin Kleinsmith. Come on. He should, the man should go to jail for years. Look at what he did. He, he, he lied to the court. That enabled a warrant to be obtained to, to, to wiretap a member of the, the, a presidential candidate's campaign in the imposing party because Kleinsmith was an Obama DOJ lawyer. So here's what Durham, he asked for a six-month sentence, which is way too little. And he says, quote, he wants to send a message that people like the defendant, an attorney in a position of trust who others relied upon, will face serious consequences if they commit crimes that result in material misstatements or omissions to a court. I'm sorry, six months is not nearly enough. But why do they keep calling? It's not misstatements or omissions. It's a lie. He lied to the FISA court. Why do they have to water it down and call it misstatements or omissions? Like when they call them undocumented immigrants or when they call members of Al-Qaeda, members of Hamas, militants. I mean, it's so outrageous. And you don't want to see John Durham engaging in the whitewashing there, in the sugarcoating 
of this vicious, vicious crime. Uh, meanwhile, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Kevin Kleinsmith's own lawyer has asked for f- probation and community service. He says that Kleinsmith's reputation has been ruined, his career is in shambles, and he's unable to support his fa- fi- family financially. And he and his wife are expecting their first child. Oh, really? Okay, well, I, you know, I just feel so bad for him. I mean, you got to pity the guy. His reputation has been ruined. Why? Because he lied to the FISA court so that he could spy on the Trump campaign. His career is in shambles. Well, gee whiz. By the way, his career will be just fine because he'll be hired by some Democratic law firm. Hopefully he gets disbarred. I don't know. And he can't support his family financially. Well, maybe, maybe he should have thought of that before he committed the crime, which any Republican, any Trump supporter would be thrown into jail for years for doing. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. All right, so as I said, an al-Qaeda terrorist who, was, who, who murdered hundreds of Americans, he has been released from prison in the U.S., in the U.S. due to COVID. This, ter- this terrorist collaborated with Osama bin Laden, and according to the New York Post, he was released from a U.S. prison early. Adel Abdel Bari, Adel Abdel Bari was responsible for the 1998 al-Qaeda bombings of the U.S. embassies in Kenya, Tanzania. I mean, this is as vicious a monster, this, as horrific a terrorist, as evil a terrorist as anyone could ever imagine. And he's been released from prison. This happened in October, but it was reported a couple of weeks ago because he's too obese to complete his sentence. I mean, let him get COVID. Maybe, maybe they should give him COVID. Here's a quote from U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan. Quote, Defendant's obesity and somewhat advanced age make COVID significantly more risky to him than to the average person. Here, another guy, I just feel so bad for him. Maybe he should have thought of that before blowing up the embassies. Judge Lewis Kaplan, who released this al-Qaeda terrorist, uh, was appointed by none other than President Bill Clinton. Well, what a surprise. Well, I never could have figured that one out. But as, as Chief Justice Roberts said when he rebuked President Trump, there's no such thing as a Clinton judge or an Obama judge or a Trump judge or a Bush, Bush judge, right? It's just all about upholding the rule of law. Would you ever find a Trump-appointed judge releasing an al-Qaeda terrorist? Tell me about that. By the way, liberals have released prisoners left and right, and they blame it on COVID. How come they were releasing prisoners anytime they could for all these years, right? The bail reform law, that passed before COVID. And, uh, you know, they didn't have the same kind of leeway. COVID gave them an excuse to do things they never could have gotten away with before. But it's always just a, a, an excuse and, and a false pretense to implement their policies. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy just last month, released more than 2,000 inmates over COVID fears officially. Just last month. And earlier this year, of course, 2,500 prisoners were released from Rikers Island in New York. Well, You know what? If you're worried about them getting COVID, offer them an option of solitary confinement. That should protect them from COVID. You don't have to. Well, that's going to cost us a lot of money. Oh, please. Suddenly, I love Democrats who spend all the money on the planet, on, on waste, on waste, on nothing. Throw the money in the garbage. Uh, but, but suddenly when it comes to, you know, uh, keeping prisoners locked up, then they're also, then they're worried about waste, right? Remember the $5 billion, uh, Trump's border wall. That, that's nothing. That money was nothing. Or, or, or bit larger facilities, more beds for detention centers at the border. You're talking about a tiny, minuscule amount of money compared to the actual overall budget. Democrats can never find that money. Defense spending, they can never find the money. They, they Suddenly, they're fiscally responsible. I mean, put them in solitary confinement. Don't release them to the public. All right, so there are reports now that Pakistan will normalize ties with Israel, that Pakistan will become yet another Arab country to throw the Palestinians under the bus and establish diplomatic relations with Israel. Of course, the Pakistani government is denying this, but we've seen that story before, right? Well, what was it, Bahrain? I mean, a few of these countries, they deny it until it actually happens. 
but the rumors are, are swirling. You have reports of secret meetings between the Pakistanis and Israel. So, you know, that suggests to me, usually when these reports le leak out, uh, these meetings leak out, it's, it turns out to be accurate. And the fact that they're denying it, of course, they're denying it until it actually happens because, you know, they don't want to get in trouble. But that, that you know, that's to be expected. That, that means nothing to me. Meanwhile, you have Muslim clerics in Pakistan who are supporting Israel, say they say it's time to normalize relations with Israel. Amazing how now that the dominoes are falling here, now that President Trump is brokering all these deals between Israel and these Arab countries, suddenly these Muslim clerics, who obviously have been afraid until now, suddenly they're showing that they really have secretly been in support of having diplomatic ties with Israel for all, all these years. And they don't really care very much about the vicious Palestinian terrorists who that the, that's been the only holdup for a lot of these countries until now, these Arab countries. All right, according to Fox News, new emails have been discovered in the Hunter Biden scandal. These emails reveal that Hunter Biden, in a correspondence that he had with that Chinese investment firm linked to the Chinese communist government, he actually, he talked about the entire Biden family. So this email, essentially, another email where Hunter Biden is hinting to the Chinese that his father, Joe, the influential Joe Biden, will be uh, involved in the business deal. So in a correspondence with CEFC chairman Yi Jinming, remember, CEFC, that's that Chinese company that's basically linked to the Chinese government, the communist Chinese government, that was giving Hunter Biden, what, hundreds of millions, I believe over a billion dollars. So in, a, in, a, in an email to him, to the, to the chairman, Hunter Biden, he wished the Chinese businessman, quote, best wishes from the entire Biden family, while he was also asking in the same email for a $10 million wire transfer to enter into a joint venture with this energy company. Cannot make this stuff up. Will, will this be investigated? Will Hunter Biden be indicted? Um, will there be a special counsel appointed? I, ho I certainly hope so. I mean, while the CDC is concerned, uh, you know, we talk about the distribution of the vaccines, so there's a lot of debate over who should be first in line for the vaccines. Well, the CDC is worried that if you give it to elderly people first, the vaccine, that, that's, that's not going to represent a diverse enough group. You're not going to give it to enough minorities. We, we have to give it to people who are healthier if they're going to represent a more diverse group, if they're going to be more diverse, if they're going to be more minorities. This is just, I mean, as egregious as it gets, it's disgraceful. The CDC, there's literally off a CDC document where they're worried. Obviously, the elderly people should get it first because they're the most high risk. Period. I don't care what color. I don't care if they're all black. I don't care if they're all Asian or Muslim. You give it to the people first who are in the most danger. But the CDC says it may not be the right thing to do to give it to elderly people first because they, even though they need it the, the, the most, even though it'll save the most lives, because they don't represent minority groups. This is literally a quote off of a CDC document. Uh, the CDC document is exploring, you know, the different options of which groups should get the vaccine first. And here's a quote, racial and ethnic groups are underrepresented by the population that's 65 plus. The, in other words, the people in the age group 65 and older, which are the highest risk age group, they don't represent racial and ethnic groups enough. They're underrepresented. I mean, it's, it's outrageous. So it'll save the most lives, but it's not politically correct. So therefore, the, the suggestion, again, this wasn't decisive, but that was the argument was maybe we should give it to younger people if they're going to represent minorities so actually let more people die because um we have to be politically correct meanwhile liberals are calling for minority groups to get the vaccines first blacks and hispanics and and here's as my wife pointed out you know suddenly they have forgotten the jews 
because Bill de Blasio, he has called for black and many other liberals have called for blacks and Hispanics. They were disproportionately affected by the coronavirus, which may be true for there could be various reasons. Maybe they weren't careful enough. Think of the George Floyd riots, by the way, although I think they were it was ready before that when minorities were affected. Maybe they don't have as good hospital access. Who knows? But either way. So you have the liberals calling for blacks and Hispanics to get the vaccine first. Well, what about the Jews? What about the what what what, what Jews were also disproportionately affected? You know how we know that? Because Bill de Blasio kept reminding us of that. Remember, they kept blaming the Jews for spreading the virus. So they kept pointing fingers at the Jews, targeting the Jews for being disproportionately impacted by the virus, and they ignored all the blacks around the country that were rioting. So when it came time to blame, they blamed the Jews as being a group that was disproportionately involved in, in coronavirus. And yet now when it comes time to getting a vaccine, I don't hear these same liberals saying how the Jewish communities were hit so hard, why don't they get the vaccine? Suddenly the blacks and Hispanics, so when it comes time to blame, they blame the Jews and they ignore the blacks and uh, the blacks for their role in spreading the virus. But when it comes time to give out the vaccine, suddenly we've got to give the vaccine to the blacks. Oh, the Jews? What Jews? All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.